0: welcome to the adult autism a spectrum of uniqueness podcast a podcast series for adults on the autism spectrum or those who think they might be autistic here's your host chris quarto hey autistic nation welcome again to an episode of the adult autism A spectrum of uniqueness podcast This is a little different episode today because it's just not me talking. It's actually, um, I have the opportunity to talk to two autistic uh, women, Amber and Annalise. And uh, ladies, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. So um, what I thought I'd do for this podcast is um, I just have a, a, a series of questions that I'd like to ask you really just to find out a little bit about your experiences as an autistic person, and in particular as an autistic uh, woman. And I'd like to just to kind of talk a little bit about maybe just when you were younger, if we can kind of go back that way, because I think for a lot of people who are autistic, um, some people will get evaluated for this when they're younger and they, they know that they're autistic, as a young child, or at least their parents might. But for other people, that's not the case. Other people, they, they kind of go through life and uh, don't really have a sense that they're autistic maybe until adulthood. So I think what I wanted to do is just to kind of start and maybe ask uh, you folks, when did you become aware that um, maybe that there was something different or unique? about you maybe that that there that would be a good place to start off so either one of you if you want to uh tackle that one
1: sure um I'll go first um so I got diagnosed only about a month ago and I'm 19 um I just I did breeze through my childhood just kind of unaware of it um I think a lot of people aren't really educated on what autism looks like in women, mm-hmm. um, and especially like young girls. So, um, I first started having social struggles in middle school, mm. but I kind of just, I don't know, I kind of um, blew it off as like everybody's trying to fit in, you know,
2: sure.
1: um, and some people are just different. So I think as I just went on and, like, went into high school and just had more struggles with my peers, I kind of realized that I was different in a way that wasn't just like, oh, this person's just quirky, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Just, I guess, a few years ago.
0: Yeah, I guess. So for you, it was sort of that initial initial impression that uh maybe that there was something different it was it was the social some of the social struggles that you had and it sounds like about middle school or so is when you started to realize that how about you amber um
3: i've always felt different Mm -hmm. i've noticed that i didn't see things as other children did i didn't play similar to them Uh, i didn't find things funny that they found were funny I guess, in a neurotypical way, and I've just always known I was different, but didn't know why I didn't have a name for it. I didn't have an explanation because back whenever I was growing up, and this is gonna show my age <laughs> girls didn't have a d h d autism um and they at the time had just studied little white boys.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Not knowing that it's not something you grow out of. it's something you're born with.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I learned very quickly to try to mask,
4: try to fit in, kind of fall towards the back of the crowd, not get noticed,
0: yeah, yeah, you you kind of sense that there was something different about mm-hmm. you, but you didn't necessarily want other people to to pick up on the differences or something odd or strange or, or something like that. And yeah, that, that's a good point. And I think that um, you you also made a good point that not everybody is evaluated for autism or ADHD for, for many different reasons. And I think that you, um, you, you talked about your age. Um, you, being a little bit older than Annalise, I think even you know back then there wasn't a lot known about autism in in particular. Um and, and the the things that were known about it were I think more of the stereotypes, the stuff mm-hmm. that you saw on TV, like uh you remember Rain Man with mm-hmm. the, the Hoffman? Yeah. And uh excellent <laughs> movie, but I, I think that those types of portrayals really um perpetuate stereotypes and of course um autism can come in a lot of different forms and, and and fashions and um you know and i think the thing that was not really known back then is that you know people who are autistic can can function they might have difficulties in certain ways but but they can function which really, you know, when you watch Rain Man, it's like, well, this this dude couldn't do anything without his brother, you know, helping him um, or anything like that. So I think nowadays we're, we're trying to get away from that a little bit, trying to get away from not only the stereotypes, but the stigma of, of autism. And I'm glad that we're making some progress that way, but I think we still have a long way to go. So well, yes. I think. I think Amber that that you had uh, made a, a, some mention of this, but as a girl, kind of thinking back as best as you can to elementary and secondary school, what were some of the uh, things that other girls were doing that you either didn't do, or maybe that you did, but you didn't feel genuine doing them? You you had you had used the term masking before.
3: Um. I still don't understand it to this day, but kids will play house or play doctor or something along those lines. And I just couldn't grasp it. Mm-hmm. You know, the there's a mother, a father, children, so on and so forth. And I just didn't understand why we were playing this. I mean, we already have a mother. We have a father. We have our own little family systems. Why are we acting as though we are the people that are already in existence for us.
0: Yeah, so or if, like doctor. Yeah, like the pretend player, right? Like what yeah. what is the purpose? What's the reason and why is it that people seem to get enjoyment out of doing these types of things? And, yes. and what's what's the re- what's the purpose in doing this? So
3: or yeah. even playing with Barbies or baby dolls. Why am I going to play with a fake baby doll when I had a baby brother? And at times, yeah, he was fun. But other times, he was way too loud. He was messy. And, you know, that's mom's responsibility. Uh, I'm I'm done. I'm going to go sit in my room and line my toys up and just stare at them. Or Mm -hmm. I'm going to read a book or I'm going to draw. I like being by myself. I still like being by myself.
0: Yeah. I get it. How about you, Annalise?
4: Oh, I definitely
1: agree with the last part. Um, I've always liked being by myself, especially mm-hmm. in play, so I think playing with
4: others was hard. Um, but also, in elementary school i
1: i mean i did I did get along with other people, mm-hmm. like other kids um I think it's just more in middle school that uh, it was really hard because they just totally changed in, in,
0: in I, what way do, in what way was uh, it hard or in what way did they change that made it hard
1: so let's say we all had like childlike interests and stuff and so my interest has always been nintendo and i think that like you get along with kids when they're like elementary school age with those types of interests. But once you go to middle school, like their interests, I found that my peers' interests kind of moved on to boys or sports or just stuff that I couldn't really grasp, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of mask my true interests
0: and pretend I was interested in that stuff. Why did did you feel the need to do that?
4: I just, I think I found
1: that once, if people saw that I didn't change, they didn't like me or thought I was weird,
2: Okay. if I didn't,
1: like, go on to develop the same interest as they did.
0: Do you think that that's more relevant or important to girls than it
4: is to boys? I'll
0: just throw that out to both of you the 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 having to wanting to fit in having to do things that everybody else does, or don't you think it really makes a difference?
4: I think both struggle, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like I've found
1: that my middle school or teenage boy peers were more kind of aloof. I don't think they really um maybe paid attention to all those social details as girls
0: did. Mm-hmm. But
3: that's just my experience.
0: Okay. Amber, how about you? What do you think about that?
3: Uh, not just school age, but I'd say about a decade ago, I also worked for uh, the criminal justice system.
2: Mm.
3: I worked in a men's prison and I worked in a women's prison. And I like the people watch because it's very interesting to me to see other people interact but I don't want to be interacting with the people Um, just to kind of sit back and study them. And the females, they build family units. There's nothing but females in there, but they build Mm -hmm. family units. And there's a lot of emotion, a lot of connection, and they want that connection. They want that communication. They want to be able to share the emotions Mm -hmm. Um, with men it is structured in a way, but it's not family units. Okay. It's where they find commonalities and kind of have their own groups. Sure. Um, there are, you know, a few people here and there that don't go with the norm or the stereotypical, I guess you could say.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But it's very interesting how the females are just very family-based, very group-oriented in a family-type mm-hmm. manner.
0: What do you think that's all about? Do you think that there's anything to that or what the reason would be for that? Or for that kind of a difference between men and women?
3: I think a lot of it goes back to stereotypes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, what we've been taught growing up, and I grew up in the South, so there's definite stereotypes yeah. of Men are quite masculine and do masculine things, and women are supposed to be more feminine and do feminine things like being in the house and um sewing, crafting, crocheting, cooking, baking, household chores, raising the children and such. and the men go out and um, do manly type things. Uh, I'm trying to think of masculine type things, just like mechanic type things or um, building and getting their hands dirty and fishing and hunting and things like that. And I guess where it it was really difficult for me is I had interest more in masculine type things Mm. than I did feminine type things. I love to craft, which is usually considered feminine, like crochet. So, um, I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I really enjoy doing nails And painting very tiny microscopic designs on nails and stuff like that. And seeing the happiness from the person that I do that with. But I would rather be fishing. Um, I enjoy hunting, not the actual taking the animal down. I can't do that. Okay. I just can't bring myself to that. All right. Uh, My husband and I live in the country. He goes hunting during deer season. Mm -hmm. They'll bring back whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but then I have him step back and I'm very detail oriented into processing whatever he's brought back to make sure that I use everything possible to respect whatever it was that he brought back.
0: Yeah. Nothing goes to waste. Exactly. Yeah. I'm
3: very close to animals because I feel that animals are, for lack of better words, more honest. People are an unknown variable that I, I can't grasp very well.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to trust people at times, too, depending on your on your past experience. I, we could talk hours for that. <laughs> yeah. But there's some other things I wanted to ask you guys about. So there's this thing, and, and this has been brought up uh, in this interview today, called masking, where you know people don't show others who they truly are and and they basically they basically put on a mask and they act the part of another person. Um what are the ways that you think either either autistic girls or autistic women mask who they truly are and and why do you think that they do this? Annalise what what are your thoughts about that?
1: Um well I personally masked by trying to blend in and lay low um I think that's definitely a very common one yeah um I think just wanting to fit in is just a huge a huge thing
0: what is what and what do you think the wanting to fit in is all about because you had mentioned that before like in middle school that's sort of where that emerged but why do you think that there's that kind of a need to to want to fit in even to the point of kind of putting on this mask, you're, you're wanting that so much. What do you think that's all about?
4: Well, I just, I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to get bullied either.
0: Okay. And,
1: um, I just, I, I always hated the spotlight too. So I just, I don't know. I think also fitting in is really crucial for people. and also something a lot of people struggle with Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just like human nature or something
0: (laughs) yeah i think you're right i think that um you know there are some people who feel like we're we're built for for human social connection and i think you know for for autistic people that's not an easy thing to do it's it's not a, a thing that you take for granted as an autistic person it's One of those difficulties that you experience, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I navigate this and how do I do this? And I think that the masking strategy seems to figure into that for some people. How about you, Amber? What are your thoughts about the whole masking process?
3: I learned to mask very early, as I had stated, because I didn't want to stand out. Um, Even now, I don't want to stand out. Mm-hmm. It say it was a play. I would rather be the person in the back taking care of things that need to be taken care of, but completely away from the spotlight.
0: So I'm there to help. Just saying, yeah. Go ahead.
3: I'm there to help. I'm there to take care of whatever my job is. But besides that, I, I don't want to be in the spotlight. And a lot of the reason why is because if we're in the spotlight, people will see our differences. We will see, they'll see how we're not the typical, I guess, and that causes a lot of problems. People fear what they don't understand. And if you're different, you create fear and you're a target.
0: It almost sounds like um, putting on the mask is a form of protection, that if I put on the mask, people won't see me for who I really am. And then that way, I can kind of, you know, hide behind this, and I don't have to worry about people looking at me and seeing me as somebody who's different or, or not like them. So I, yeah, I totally get that.
2: Yeah
1: okay. It was for me, it wasn't even something that was conscious either.. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only become conscious once I knew I was autistic or suspected. Uh and it's been so hard to not do
0: what makes it hard
4: i just i feel like it's some reflex Mm. just when i'm around people
1: like i just i only have a select few people i can be myself around Mm -hmm. but it's just this response i think from getting bullied
0: yeah yeah it's, and my guess is that sort of what I was just talking about with the protective, it's sort of like a, a reflexive protective response on your part. It's a very, just kind of a natural part of who you are now, what you do. Sure. So yeah, that makes total sense. I think there's uh, a lot of times when you look at this, there's usually a good reason why why people do the things that they do, and, and oftentimes it's to protect themselves or to protect others. Um, you know whatever the context is, but it makes total sense to me what you're just saying there. Well, if you don't mind me asking, um, what do you, what are, what have been some of the primary challenges in your life as an autistic person? And do you think that being an autistic woman might pose special challenges? that it might not pose for autistic men. What do you think about that?
4: I'd say um, since, I don't know, until recently, we're just now barely
1: understanding autism in girls and women. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that so many are missed because people don't, when they think of autism they don't think of like girls um i think just the struggles from missing out on potential support or just education about it and just going through life not knowing and just like knowing there's something about you but not knowing a word about it like I don't know. It's just hard. Definitely, it's been
4: hard.
0: I I think you're right. I think that one of the first things you said is, um, you know, you usually don't think about women as being autistic, and you know, because I think that kind of goes back to the stereotype um, that we were talking about before Rain Man, and you know, you 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 see these portrayals of, of men, but other than Temple Grandin, you don't really see a lot of portrayals of autistic women, and I think so. Oftentimes, I think women are are overlooked for that reason, and I also think that um, there's something about women being better at masking and kind of being able to, you know, get by in social situations, even though it's not comfortable for them. I think that they kind of are able to get by better in situations like that. Amber, what do you think about this, this whole thing about, you know, just living life as an autistic person? And do you think there are any differences? in you know, what it might be like for you as a woman, as opposed to what it might be like for a man? Well, whenever they
4: started out with, I guess, studying autism, it it was a very small group. And that small
3: group was males and that's kind of where it started is with the males and they've branched off and they've done more research on the male side but they really haven't done much on the female side
2: Mm -hmm.
3: like i said they originally didn't believe that girls could get autism Mm
2: -hmm.
3: that they just couldn't and masking which we do for survival is it makes it more difficult For them to i guess assess women that have autism um
4: i grew up in the 80s and 90s and was recently diagnosed
3: last november after doing over a year worth of research to try to find out more about autism Mm -hmm. and that was only brought up because my daughter called me and said, Hey, I'm going to go in and be tested to see if I have autism and or ADHD. Okay. I really didn't know much about it. Besides it seemed like it was more for younger boys. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Because I mean, you really don't hear about it yeah. or at that moment. Now I've gone down this rabbit hole and I just can't stop. I try to find any and every little thing I can to try to educate myself better but i started researching it to see how i could best help her to make sure that nothing i said or did would cause harm or trauma besides what she's already went through Mm -hmm. in her life and she's an adult as well right so she's late diagnosed but
0: um well that's that's another good point in that um you know this whole discussion we've talked about how sometimes it's just not recognized until later, and I think one of the other reasons for that is because you've always thought about autism as a childhood disorder. I mean, mm-hmm. we have Vanderbilt uh, University right up the road from us that um, has uh, this this fantastic evaluation center for for childhood autism, but really there has been not much at all to uh, evaluate adults, it's sort of like um, many years ago, um, probably about 30, 35 years ago, I started evaluating children for attention deficit disorder. And as I continued in the field, um, I had the parents of these children say to me, you know what, I was just like that. When I was a kid, I was off the wall, or I couldn't focus, I had problems forgetting things. I want to be evaluated. Do you do that? And it's like at the time I didn't. and um but as time went on, and the research started to come out, we discovered that not everybody outgrows a d h d and that was the common wisdom. But what research has shown is that fifty percent of the people who had um who um, have a d h d as children will continue into adulthood, and we're starting to see the same thing with autism that. Many people um, may have been evaluated for autism um, as children, but probably a, a much larger percentage went unrecognized or unevaluated. And now, as adults, sort of what you're talking about, Amber, you started looking into things and thinking, man, I wonder if I'm autistic. And so they start going down this this road of, um, you know, maybe maybe I should be evaluated for this. So I'm, I'm wondering just for both of you, um, what would you say are, are one or two of your, we'll call them your go-to strategies in dealing with autistic challenges, whether it's feeling overwhelmed, whether it's feeling anxious when you're talking to people or, or having to deal with change or any of these types of things that are common autistic struggles What would you say sort of works best for you or or the things that you go to to help you out? Um, Well, personally,
1: with the routine stuff, I try to do things differently every time, just so I get used to change Mm. and it helps me get less irritated. Um, It's just (laughs) kind (laughs) of exposure. Okay. Um, I still struggle with social type stuff um okay. working on that but uh first sensory issues or just anything that can cause a meltdown i i've learned to um be in a dark room or just mm-hmm. stop most of the sensory input to help me calm down
0: yeah i i, I, I bet that helps just like just i need sort of like um when parents of children when their children are throwing fits or they're misbehaving they'll put them in a timeout for five minutes um for adults that often helps too like i just need to take five and just kind of calm down for you it's sort of like being in a dark environment getting rid of the stimulation that kind of helps settle you down it sounds like from what you're saying so that's a great strategy um i like also what you said at the beginning there is that you're actually doing some some form of exposure therapy by actually placing yourself in these situations where you know there are these changes or having to get out of a routine and seeing how well you can tolerate those things that's that's pretty cool
1: yeah and it doesn't have to be big either like yeah changing the way i do my
4: nightly routine like brushing my teeth in a different order Yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Amber? A lot of nature. We live out in the country, so
3: okay. I plan, I'll walk around through nature, just pay attention to uh, like the birds that are around me singing, or I watch the squirrels play. I watch my I have chickens. So I'll yeah. sit there and I'll watch my chickens for hours.
0: And oh, you yeah. wouldn't. I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: You wouldn't think so, but if you know your animals and you watch them, chickens do have facial expressions. Do they really? <laughs> they do. It's <laughs> sloppy. But if you pay attention, you can catch it and watch their body language. Um, they actually see in color. Um, yeah. One eye's nearsighted, one eye's far-sighted, because they're not just prey animals, they're prey and predators. Ah. Um, huh. Chickens love to attack mice, and they will beat a mouse up and consume it. Wow. They can recognize up to 100 faces. And is if it? you ever do anything to a chicken, it will never, ever forget it.
0: They have excellent memories. Wow. Like elephants. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you something about this. So what is it that being... um Like in nature, what does that seem to to do for you? Why do you think that that's a go-to strategy for you?
3: It's just relaxing. There's not people. I don't have that pressure of having to perform and mask. Mm -hmm. I don't have to try to read somebody's body language or their facial expressions and try to understand if they understand what I'm saying or if they're looking at me weird because I walked differently than they would or just the judgment
0: okay yeah you don't have to do that with animals that's a really good point yeah my cat doesn't judge me i love that about her (laughs) so well um we're, we're getting toward the end here and i just have one other question for you folks and i really appreciate you uh being with me here today but what words of wisdom do you have for women or or really anybody who suspects that they might be autistic? Any words of wisdom for them?
4: I would say, research it. Mm-hmm. Definitely
3: research it. Find out more. See how that compares to how you think and feel and There's several different quizzes and stuff that you can take for free online. There's all kinds of YouTube videos, podcasts. Um, There's a few women on YouTube that I follow and it just seems to resonate. And if you find something that resonates, dig deeper because it probably, I mean, it's like I was researching for my daughter to see how I could best help her only to find out that I'm autistic.
0: Yeah. And it all started off by just doing that basic research and maybe even going down a rabbit hole. But for you, it sounds like it was a good rabbit hole. You really learn more and more about yourself. And it's, uh, here you are now. So that's awesome. Annalise, how about you? Yeah,
4: I, I totally agree. Um, I think
1: research is definitely the best um mm-hmm. think you know yourself
4: better than anybody else and something clicks you just keep digging definitely
0: awesome yeah i think that one of the main things is um it's really a search for for answers and self discovery who am i what's important to me uh, am i truly autistic there's so many so many questions, and so many things that you can learn about yourself. And it all starts with doing that basic research and just kind of learning about what autism is, I think, really. And then um, kind of looking at yourself, and it's like, am I do I have any of these characteristics? Did I ever do these types of things when I was younger? And you know, not everybody will have all of the characteristics of autism. Some people have more of this Other people have more of that, but really, um, you know, those basic areas of just kind of the social communication and interaction difficulties, some of those restrictive interest routines that we had talked about a little bit. I mean, all that kind of stuff. You kind of look at that and kind of look at yourself and it's like, could I be autistic? And, And maybe so, and maybe so. Maybe that's the time to get an evaluation. Well, listen, Annalise, Amber, thanks so much for joining me today and kind of being open about your experiences and and your thoughts about autism, not only in women, but just kind of autism, generally speaking. And I hope that uh, people who are listening to this podcast episode have have learned some things and maybe take a look at themselves and do what uh, Annalise and Amber had talked about and doing some research and maybe consider getting yourself evaluated as well. So that's in, ladies. And I think, go ahead. Sorry,
1: I think um, if you do find out that you are autistic, I think it is, it's okay to be different. I think self-acceptance is
4: key. I think it's really important.
0: That's a great point. And I think that, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's just a starting point, you know, just getting the evaluation and finding out, okay, I'm autistic now what and there's there's a lot just to to learn about yourself and a lot of different reactions to that it's like for some people it's a it's a sense of validation for other people it's a sense of oh my gosh why didn't i do this earlier or and and some people have a really tough time with that but it's a starting point to kind of try to put things into context i think so yeah Well, listen, thanks again. And uh, for you, Autistic Nation, thanks again for listening to another podcast episode. And I hope uh, we'll see you soon for another episode.